Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Hello and welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. I'm Brandon Laws and I'm your host. Thank you for the download today. If you haven't gone back and, and listened to some of our old stuff, definitely go back and, and download some of that and, and let us know what you think about it. And for all you loyal listeners out there, still appreciate you. Thanks for the downloads. You know, today's conversation is with Sean Bussey. He's the CEO and co-founder of a Portland-based marketing firm called Kinesis. And really what they do is they grow service-centric companies from the inside out. And really what that means, and you'll hear it in the conversation, is Sean and his firm, they've, they've really tried to help companies hone in on the mission, vision, values, and purpose and not only integrate it within their company so their people are using the same language and are really aligned with the purpose, but to do it on an external basis as well. So we, we talk a little bit about you know some of the HR practices that you can do with mission, vision, values, and, and also what you can do from kind of an external standpoint. So the employer brand and you know some of those other things. So you're going to really like this conversation. Uh, we got a lot of other great stuff coming up. So again, thanks for the weekly downloads. And without further ado, here's the conversation with Sean. Sean, we know each other pretty well. I actually consider you a pretty good friend at this point. And one of the things I've always loved about you and, and Kinesis is that you've you've really figured out how to marry marketing and HR to focus on honing in on the purpose of companies and aligning those two things to make really HR your your almost your best marketers and all the employees in the company the best marketers. But some companies aren't doing this very well. And in fact, they don't have their brand defined so well to where they don't even have really a mission, vision, and value or any purpose to go along with it. Where, what do you see as the risks of not having those things in place? Maybe I can back up a little bit and talk a little bit about what's informed my philosophy around this in that when I was looking to really craft how Kinesis could become you know, a, a leader in the marketing and consulting space, I looked at a lot of the research around what made great companies. And time and time again, the great companies that outperformed all their peers had a couple of things in common. They had highly engaged employees and they had a pretty clear vision of where they were going. And I realized that if I was going to really kick butt at Kinesis, which was going to be a hard thing to do because my industry is really crowded. There's lots of folks who do marketing or related services. I realized that if I was going to win in this space, I needed to have some kind of a competitive advantage. Pretty quickly, it became clear that my industry actually does a very poor job at people. We have really high turnover rates. Uh, folks are burned out very quickly. And I thought to myself, well, if I could build a workplace where people are really engaged and, and really care about the customer and care about doing a good job and care about their coworkers, then I could actually probably outperform my competition. And so I set about testing that theory in action. And I started 
I started doing things like rewriting our job descriptions to start from a vision standpoint and from a values and a purpose and a mission. And what I've seen happen, at least with our company, compared to companies that don't have a focus on that, is that you attract a higher caliber of employee who really wants to be part of something great. And when you can attract great employees, then a lot of the problems sort of take care of themselves and you start to see new opportunities and new possibilities that were never there before. When you kind of came to that realization that this is the the strategy, not only for Kinesis, but you're going to help companies do this. Which came first? Did you just say, you know, we need to start thinking of how we're going to write job descriptions a little differently so we can attract a certain type of talent? Or did you have the mission, vision, and values, and just sort of your overall purpose already defined before you did all that? You know, I think we were like a lot of our clients where we operated for many years, I mean, maybe even a decade, without really articulating who we were and what we stood for. But we actually did stand for some things and we actually did have a set of values and a, and a mission to what we were trying to do. Like most of our clients, we had never really taken the time to define that. And so we were behaving on an intuitive level and that works okay. You know, that works okay, especially when you're small and you have the leader of the organization doing all the interviews and, you know, really meeting with every candidate. By default, they tend to attract those who share their values if they're focused on hiring. But as you grow and you start to scale and you realize that you can't possibly interview every single person and the likelihood of you getting the right fit from a cultural and values perspective diminishes, that's when I realized we needed to articulate this in a meaningful way. And, and so we really were much like our clients for a long time. We, we really hadn't put energy into this and we got lucky most of the time when we were hiring, but then sometimes we would get unlucky. And, and so my goal in terms of shifting Kinesis towards this focus and then later shifting our clients towards this focus was to eliminate luck from variability. So we would actually be intentional about the type of person we were bringing into the organization and that we would increase our odds of getting the right people and also increase the odds of being a successful company. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. I mentioned that I I wanted to bring something up. I'm a huge Portland Trailblazer fan. I think you probably know that. And I know you're a fan too, because you've written some content about the Blazers and related it to business. This is super relevant, I swear. You 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 talked about the gel blazer era, and I remember that distinctly because I was growing up. And they're known nationwide as the jailblazer. There was a bad era when we had an epic collapse in the Western Conference Finals in 2000 to the Los Angeles Lakers. Ever since that point, it seemed like there's a complete meltdown, a shift in the type of players that were brought in. You overpaid people for lack of performance, and it was just chaos. I mean, people were getting arrested. They had such a bad name where it just left fans with a terrible taste in their mouth. But something shifted. (laughs) Something shifted in 2016. I don't know if it was players, regime change, something. But something changed to where Mm -hmm. they were like, you know what? We we need to hone in on what our purpose is and maybe our values. And maybe you know more about this. What shifted? Because I think this relates very much to what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing you have some some listeners here who aren't basketball fans, and you probably have some uh, listeners who don't even know who the Trailblazers are or what you mean when you talk about the Jailblazers. So for those two audiences, there was a period of time when the franchise, the basketball franchise, 
just really suffered in terms of culture, meaning that they had players who fought with each other. Mm -hmm. They had players who got in trouble. And I did this project, I don't know, maybe a couple years back where I did an analysis of that. What's really cool about basketball is there's actually a lot of data available in terms of how well teams perform from a financial standpoint, because you can see how many seats they fill with uh, each season. And so what I did was I wanted to understand is, was there a correlation between the sort of dismal performance of the organization on the court as the result of culture, and then a similar relationship to their performance financially? And sure enough, I mean, it's, it's a disaster, uh, a financial disaster. You know, you could go to games during that period where there would just be empty seats everywhere, oh, yeah. you know, more empty seats than full seats. And the terrible part about it is that even though the Blazers finally got rid of those malcontents, the, the effect of that lasted for many years. And I think they've only recently really recovered from that. And I think part of their recovery has been a focus on hiring players, not only just for their skill, but actually more for their persona and more for the culture that they bring to the table and focus on teamwork and one another. And, you know, as a result, for a small market team, they dramatically outperform other small market teams, especially in the last two years. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. And it's funny how when you hone in on whether it's bringing in good players or aligning around some common purpose, which is, you know, teamwork in this case, and just high quality people that you start attracting the same kind of person. And and we, we relate this back to business. I mean, the Blazers are a business, but the type of work that you're doing, you're helping companies define some of this so that way they can attract some of the best of the best and you know not only from a marketing standpoint too they can find companies that align with their purpose that's right the really neat thing is that these days this conversation you and i are having is not seen as some of this like wacky out of the box idea right you know when when i started in my career 17 18 years ago there wasn't much talk about the idea of values and culture and purpose and mission. In the intervening years, there's been a lot of research that's been done about this and that, you know, demonstrating companies that have a clearly articulated vision and focus on culture and values usually outperform their peers that don't focus on that. And so it's sort of been a little bit of my life's work to kind of get this message out there. And I think more and more that message is being received. The thing that I see happening now is, as the market matures is that folks don't necessarily know how to go about doing it. So they, they want to do it. They want to you know, build a culture that's driven by values and they want to have a sense of shared purpose, but they are struggling to figure out how to do it. And that's a, a big part of where we come in and we help our clients get past, I would say, the cliches that are often surrounding this kind of discussion. And when I say cliches, I mean, think about the motivational posters we've all seen in, you know, in the break rooms in corporate offices, right? Uh, you know, the pins and the badges that say teamwork and, you know, th those kinds of ideas. Those are the kind of things that actually work at cross purposes with, say, an HR professional who's really trying to shape the culture uh, are the, the cliches and the inauthentic expressions of culture and values. I'm sure there's a huge process, and I think people need to probably talk with you if they want to learn about how to develop the mission, vision, values. I'm sure a lot goes into that. What I'm curious about, though, is let's say 
somebody goes through that process. I'm going to, I'm honing in on my mission and vision values, all the purpose stuff. What do people do with it after that point? Because I imagine a lot of people, they, you know, they have this fancy binder, they throw it on a shelf and they don't do anything with it, but there's probably a missed opportunity. I'm sure they could take the mission, vision values, integrate it in not only their marketing to go after new clients, but to also attract a certain type of person they want working for them. What do you, what have you seen work uh, on either side of the spectrum? That's a great point. You know, I have seen a lot of companies come through our door who say, yeah, we did this values exercise or we did this vision setting exercise a couple years ago. And it tends to be kind of a one and done thing where they do all this work and they throw up their hands and celebrate and they're all happy, but they've never really integrated into their organization. And so just as important as the process of identifying what you stand for and who you are is the integration into the organization. So whether that's externally in terms of your brand communication to the marketplace of here's who we are, this is what we stand for, or if it's internally, this is what we stand for and this is, these are the expectations we have of you as an employee and we build that into our performance evaluation and we build that into our job descriptions and we build that into our daily huddles, we build that into our performance uh, feedback. I think that's the place where a lot of companies fall short you know, they don't reinforce this idea of being a values-centric organization. They don't build a set of behaviors that are connected to those values. And so employees are kind of left adrift and they don't know, well, I've been told that one of our values is integrity. I don't really know what that means. I don't really know how to connect the dots between that value and what I do in my job on a day-to-day basis. I feel like where people really fall short, it's a, a resource issue a lot of times when a lot of employees maybe you could say what their mission is or what the vision is because it's to your point, like if integrity is said over and over again, you start to realize, okay, integrity is one of our value statements. But I think where HR people maybe struggle is, you know, when they're going to write a job posting, how do you integrate some of that language? I mean, they're not copywriters, right? So like, how do you integrate that sort of in a fancy way? Like, do you leverage marketing? Is this a marketing thing? Like, I think this is where your expertise kind of comes into play. It's like, how do you leverage some of those resources internally to hone in on that mission, vision, value from an, on an external basis? Yeah, that's a great question. And I have a lot of empathy for HR folks because I think they've been told for a long time that their job is to sort of provide support for the benefits and make sure that the employee handbook is being followed. And I think what's happening is that really visionary leaders are are starting to say to their HR teams, hey, you know what? What I need your help doing is building a great culture. I don't know that businesses always resource those HR teams enough to make that happen. I think there's a little bit of disconnect there. But in terms of uh, ways that individuals who are HR professionals, who they want to kind of take it to the next level, or maybe they want to bring this idea to their leadership, I think talking to marketing people or outside resources is a really great start. Because if you think about it, what does marketing do really well when it's done well is that it communicates and connects customers to the brand. Well, if you think about what you want to do from a recruiting standpoint, you want to communicate and connect employees to the brand, right? Like that's a, that's a marketing function, really. And so if you need help getting your job descriptions or your career page on your website, feeling like it's a motivational tool that's going to attract great employees, go get some help from marketers. You know, if you're a big enough company and you've got a 
copywriting department within your marketing team, you know, go talk to them. See what they can do for you. There's a really great example of how we approach uh, writing job descriptions on the Kinesis website. If you go to our website and you go to the careers page, there's all these different job descriptions for our company, and you, you can really learn a lot from how we've put those together in terms of a, a letter from the CEO, starting with values, talking about the mission of the organization. And really, it's the end of the job description that talks about what are the roles and responsibilities of the job. So we lead with mission and purpose and values, and we follow with duties of the job as opposed to the opposite which is normally how it's done. The, the job description is definitely early on in the recruiting process. They've often seen it on, on the website or however they get it. I think you even have downloads of the job description, if I remember right. So I was very impressed with how you do it. What other, what other pieces of the recruiting process are you sort of integrating that messaging throughout the interviews? Like what, what else are you doing? Like if I were to take you through the Kinesis process for applicant tracking, so starting with the point somebody applies for a job and taking them all the way through to their onboarding, we've built out a specific communications plan and touch points all along the way. And we've systematized that program so that you can have actually pretty low-level uh, employees, administrative support, run that program, but sound as if it's customized to the candidate. So you know, automated emails go out, they put the candidate's first name in them, they talk about what the position is, all that stuff's pre-scripted. So we've written it all from a, from a marketing lens to keep the employee engaged and excited about working for the company, as opposed to, I mean, a lot of times what happens, folks will put a resume in and it's like crickets. You know, they won't hear from somebody for weeks with poor communication or no communication. You know, our job is to kind of nurture that employee relationship or that candidate relationship, much like a marketer would nurture a customer relationship. It's the same idea, whether you're marketing or HR. How are you leveraging web assets, you know, social media, your website? Like, what other things are you doing to make sure that messaging just sticks out there, not only from a brand perspective, but just like, you know, as passive like candidates, maybe look, be looking at Kinesis or, or some of your clients as employers? How are you coaching your, your clients or even doing it yourself in terms of just making sure that that message stays clear throughout all of the all distribution channels? We're really big fans of either promoting from within or having us help you with building some kind of a employer champion, if you will. So someone within the organization whose job it is to convey the interior culture in a public way. So, for example, we've turned the Kinesis company page on Facebook into really a culture and what's going on at Kinesis. We, you know, if you, if you check out the Kinesis Facebook page, you'll see that all over the place. And you wouldn't believe how many candidates mention that in the interview process. I'd probably say nine out of ten. So you're saying fa Facebook you use strictly as sort of the, the employer brand. It's really not to go get a new business. It's to attract people that want to work for you. That's right. interesting. Right. Okay. What about Instagram? Same same kind of deal, or are you actually looking for clients? Same thing. Yep. We generally aren't going to land a Kinesis client through Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Those are not really relevant channels for us from a business development perspective, but they're super relevant channels for our employer recruiting. And so it's like they're these great tools that are powerful and free 
<laughs> that we can then use as a recruiting strategy. But the key is to have a strategy and then to dedicate somebody to maintaining and cultivating those places. You're pretty active in the awards community and Portland has, we have a couple uh, events companies and, and news outlets that do a lot of awards based stuff. And you you seem to be always on the list. Does that align with like what you're trying to do? I mean, are you able to kind of hone in on your, your mission and, and sort of get that through the award channels as well? Yeah. So I think whether it's awards or um, even just community service, volunteering, all of those types of activities, I think of those as really critical channels, both in terms of getting out there, but also which ones you choose. So as an example, um, one of the nonprofits that we support is Girls Inc. And that's a girls empowerment organization that's really amazing. And we chose that both because they've got a really great mission, but also because we have an 80 to 90% female workforce at Kinesis. And marketing in general, there are a lot of women in that industry. And so it's like, this is just perfectly aligned with what we're doing, which is empowering women and what that organization is doing. And so those kinds of things, knowing which which organizations we want to pick to support and where we want to participate and how those organizations align with our values. Now, we also have won the Portland Business Journal 100 fastest growing companies, you know, five years in a row. We did that not necessarily because we align with the Business Journal's values per se, but we did that because it says to employees, you know, Kinesis is a company focused on growth and change. And we want people who want to be part of that. We want employees who like the idea of a dynamic workplace where new opportunities are created and there's no career cul-de-sacs. So those are all sort of saying different messages depending on where we're going, and all of them align with our strategy as well as our mission, vision, and values. Yeah, you know, one other thing I noticed about Kinesis is that you guys became a B corporation, and I don't know if that's some like special certification that you have to go through, but mm-hmm. I imagine that you did that because it not only aligned with where you wanted to take the company and how people were going to perceive you. But I imagine it's going to attract a certain type of person to work for you. It's going to attract a certain kind of client that maybe aligns with that mm-hmm. line of thinking. What was your thought process behind that? Yeah, B Corp's a great one. I'm glad you brought that up. For the listeners who don't know what B Corp is, it's a corporate designation that lets the world know essentially that in addition to financial performance, You care about the community, the environment, and employee welfare. And so, you know, and there's some really well-known brands that participate in B Corp, Patagonia, Ben & Jerry's, New Seasons Grocery Stores. So it's a very values and purpose-driven designation. And we became part of that community because we were already doing that in our day-to-day lives. It wasn't like we got this certification because it was a good marketing tool. We got the certification because it aligned with our values and the behaviors we were engaged in. Now, it has become a marketing tool, especially on the recruiting side. I'd say for as many people who mention Facebook, at least as many mention that we're a B Corporation. And that's part of why they applied to work here, because they want to become part of something that's bigger than just doing traditional marketing, right? They want to become part of an organization that does things like, you know, donates to Girls Inc. or donates to Habitat for Humanity or has programs that are designed to give back to the community as well as support the employees. It's a perfect example of aligning values uh, with an organization and then, you know, really reaping the benefits of that uh, without even having to really try that hard. 
Yeah, absolutely. I imagine, you know, the mission, vision, values, the purpose, those are probably evolving things as you bring in new people and just you have to go after new audiences and just the the values of people change in, in general. I'm curious though, what is what does success look like for you? Because I was I was actually in one of our all team meetings uh, about a month ago, and when we always do like a new hire introduction, and our team's getting pretty big compared to where we were mm-hmm. several years ago. And when people say why they came to work for us, they always mention like certain words that are part of our mission statement or the culture. To me, that's what success is. It's like, wow, we did this employer branding thing really well, you know, honed in on mm-hmm. our mission, vision, values is because they're now repeating it and they're a brand new employee. It, yeah. Do you yeah. do you see it the same way or do you have another kind of version of success? There are so many ways to measure success, certainly, you know, financially or impact in the community or, you know, on and on. One of the ways I measure success is employee turnover oh, yeah. because I, I feel like if you have low turnover, it generally means you have a clear sense of the type of person you want to hire and that they're delivering value to you when they're on your team. And when you have high turnover, it usually means you're attracting the wrong people or you're not being thoughtful about who you attract or you're not giving them clear expectations of what's expected of them. And so then they, they fail. Either they try hard and they, and they fail or you just get the wrong people in the organization. Yeah. So for me, what I'm looking for is, is a healthy retention level. It doesn't mean that you don't lose employees. We've lost some employees. We've, we've had turnover. But I'm really looking for I don't know. I don't know if this is safe to say on this uh, podcast, if it's G rated or not, but I'm looking for like a kick ass group who stays and they stay because they're excited to be here. And that resonates with your clients who then stay with, because I want to eliminate customer turnover too, right? So your customers stay with you for a long time because they're working with people who really care. And if you can get like those two things working, man, it's, it's unstoppable. Uh, You know, I'll admit this to you here. Uh, (laughs) Kinesis is not an amazing marketing company from its ability to like generate new sales. We're not out there spending a ton of money on marketing to get new customers because we don't lose customers. Like that, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the beauty of our, of our model. Whereas our industry, tremendous employee turnover, tremendous customer turnover. And I think those two are highly related to one another. And so our industry in general has to spend a lot of money on sales and marketing because they have these problems, whereas we don't. <laughs> See, this is exactly why I brought you on the podcast is because I don't think people have realized how tied in marketing and HR are. I mean, you just made a great point that you hire the right people that align with your overall purpose of the organization. They take care of your customers, the customers align with your purpose, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of full circle. Mm-hmm. And those two are so related. I think right. that's like people need to pay attention to this. Well, you know, I mean, I think you guys are a great example of this, too, just to sort of acknowledge, you know, what a great job you do. You know what? You have a marketing team of two two people. Is that, that what you're at? Like yeah. two. And you're a company of how many are you at? Like 80? 80, 85, yeah, 90, almost 90. Yeah. Getting close to 100 people, professional services firm, I see double to triple that number of marketers and salespeople uh, in organizations that I run across. And I firmly believe they're having to overinvest in marketing and sales because they're doing something wrong on the employee and customer relationship side. And so they have to spend more money there. And, and I think, you know, you guys, you run awesome marketing programs. I mean, I'm really impressed by what you guys do over there. 
but man, you don't have nearly the amount of resources I see these other companies use. And I, I believe it's because you built a really great company that's well aligned yeah. on purpose and keep your our customers. people are our best marketers by far. And that's why I like right. marketing and sales shouldn't have to come from one or two people or department. I think it's the entire company. Mm-hmm. And if you're so aligned across the, the organization, it just takes care of itself because your, your clients are happy and it just, yeah, I mean, they keep referring and they stay with you. And yeah, it's just the whole thing is mm-hmm. so connected. It's funny. I, I'm amazed by actually how little money our clients spend with us and with marketing because the first thing we do is not to go out and build them new websites generally. Usually the first thing we do is we actually write better job descriptions oh, interesting. for them. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of the very first things we do. After we've taken them through mission, vision, and values, we're talking about their hiring process and how they're getting good candidates in the mm-hmm. door long before any external marketing. Yeah, that's interesting. So as, as we wrap up, because we, we need to go, but where should people start? If like, maybe they have the mission, vision, values, the purpose, maybe they have that, they just don't know where to start. What would you recommend? We've got some really good articles on our blog that I think will help people go from, if they have mission and vision values, I think it'll help them go from maybe, let's say, a B to B minus level to a B plus to an A minus. And what I mean by that is getting truly authentic values and not just values that sound good and getting a truly focused mission and not just one that is visited when the employee gets hired or once a year at the strategic retreat. A good test of this should be, can I go to every employee in my organization and ask them what our mission is and what are our values? If every employee can recite that without you having to kind of beat them over the head with it, then you're probably on the right track. If they have a hard time communicating what your mission and values are, one of two things has happened. One is you've not integrated mission and values into your organization sufficiently, or you don't have a set of values and mission that is truly authentic. And there really is an appreciable difference between values that sound good and values that are authentic to your organization. To, to highlight this for folks, what I'll do, it's, it's kind of sneaky of me. I'll put these values up on the board and I'll say, these sound really good, don't they? And everybody will nod their head. And they're usually values that they have, in, some of them have in their organization. And then I'll show the next slide, which is all the Enron executives being oh, called off gosh. to jail. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, so get authentic. I mean, and we have a great blog post that my business partner wrote called it's something like, what, you know, what's wrong with values? I would highly recommend everybody read that post. And then if you feel like you're at a place where you really have an authentic mission, vision, and values, Um, thinking about how do we integrate and how do we make these part of our culture? How do we make them part of our feedback loop with our employees? Those are, those are big efforts, but it's a great starting point. And certainly I'm here to help people. If they want to talk on the phone, they can set up a call with me and I'd be happy to walk them through what they can DIY as well as, you know, if we can help them with anything. Awesome. And what's your website URL real quick? kinesisinc.com, K-I-N-E-S-I-S-I-N-C.com. And we'll put that up on the show notes for for people to get quick access to. Sean Bussey, the CEO and co-founder of Kinesis, thank you for joining the podcast. This is uh, a lot of fun and thanks for dropping knowledge with us. Right on. Great time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, 
be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.